The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Trek TV series, movies, and more. And today we're discussing the latest episode of Lower Decks called A Few Badgies More. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hey, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stiga. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, be sure to stick around to the end of the episode. We have more of your listener feedback that we love to share. And I want to tell you to be sure to follow The Secrets of Star Trek, whether it's an Apple podcast, Google podcast, or now Spotify, tune in your favorite podcast app, or watch us on YouTube at, at youtube.com slash StarQuest Media, where you should also hit the bell to get notifications. I say Google Podcast for now because, as I think I mentioned before, Google has announced that Google Podcast is going away so, mm. uh, sometime in 2024. And I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you're certain to enjoy called The Catholics of Oz. We're also big Trekkies, by the way, so you should definitely check them out. Mm-hmm. The Catholics of Oz, you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz. That's O-Z. Before we get to talking about a few badges more, I want to mention a little bit of Star Trek news. There was some concern recently. Well, actually, there was an announcement recently that Star Trek Prodigy would not be coming to Paramount Plus, coming back to Paramount Plus uh, for its second season, uh, even though they'd already produced the whole season. Well, it's been announced that it instead will be coming to Netflix in the U.S., like probably worldwide, but I, the only one I saw was the U.S. Netflix uh, very soon, actually. Uh, I think either by the end of this 2023 or beginning of 2024, something along those lines. So very soon. What do you all think? Um, it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. It, it is good. <laughs> that's it's, for sure. It's good we're going to get it. It's good we're going to get it because I, I know uh, the three of us enjoyed Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking forward to the second season and the fact that it was apparently canceled originally, you know, you know produced, but then canceled and it wasn't going to be released was kind of concerning. But now that I'm disappointed it's on Netflix, just because I that Netflix is one of the few subscription services I don't have right now, which means I'm going to have to you know start looking at my budget there. But uh, yeah, it, it, at least it's going to get come out. It's going to come out. We're going to be able to watch it and enjoy it. Um I, I, I've got concerns about Paramount Plus if they're doing this with Star Trek, though. Right. And I think all we really need of Prodigy is two seasons. I think they can wrap it all mm-hmm. up in that amount of time. We don't need an ongoing Prodigy season series. Right. 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 Lots of lots of kids shows like Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. That was two seasons, and it was great. It was one contained story and mm-hmm. long seasons. Right. The, like Prodigy mm-hmm. was, you know, like. Almost like, episodes. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like two, like, especially the way they divided. It was almost like the first season was almost two seasons. Um, uh, yeah, Father Corey, you bring up an interesting point, too, is, is which is it brings to qu- mind the question of the vi- long-term viability of Paramount+, Plus, which is important to us as Trek fans because all of mm-hmm. Trek until this point has been on Paramount+, Plus, and it's really kind of their flagship product. And, you know, yep. in this future Trek series that they've promised or movies and that sort of thing so are we you know does this bring those into question as well and you know obviously we could talk about this more in secrets of tech and we have or people on secrets of tech have but this this is 
kind of more concerning for a lot of these streaming services mm-hmm. as a whole because you know they're they're you know we want to cut, cut the cable cord we don't want to have cable with all these different channels and everything we want things you know streaming but now you've got all the different streaming services that you're paying as much for cable so right right yeah it was always expected when the cable when the streaming service boom happened that this was not going to be a permanent situation where we'd have a million streaming services mm-hmm. that there would eventually be shakeouts yep. um and consolidations and so it's not like the content's going to go away forever it just may get merged into something else like hulu or netflix yep. or something else my guess is it will be something like what amazon has done in a way which is in apple tv plus which is you'll have the base product that you'll buy netflix apple tv plus amazon and then you'll have to buy like a $2 a month premium to get mm-hmm. the Paramount shows or the yeah. Showtime or the HBO or that sort of thing. Um, and, and the other and the, the independent streamers will end up going away. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, it, the, the end result is we are going to get Star Trek Prodigy season two. And for that, I'm happy. Yeah, that's great. So. However, it does leave questions about what happens with the existing because they've they're they're axing Discovery and they've mm-hmm. axed Prodigy. And um, and I've heard it said that the producers of Lower Decks have encouraged people to watch it live. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, on not, the, not the, it doesn't have a live time. You don't right. have to get up at midnight to do it, but yeah. watch it the week of release to help them boost their week of release ratings. Exactly. And that'll help Lower Decks keep going forward, which I'm very much in favor of. I want I would love to have 10 seasons of Lower Decks or something. <laughs> right, right. And Strange New Worlds. Um, yep. Yeah, Discovery's run its course, so that seems like a natural ending. But I don't want new. I, we've we've got this wonderful era of new Star Trek all the time. I don't want that to end. <laughs> I, I've got to correct you one thing, Dom. Discovery ran its course about season two, the end of season <laughs> <Yeah>. two. <laughs> that's right. That's when they right. travel to the future, they jump the shark. The, yes, they jump the shark a thousand years in the future. All right, so we are talking about this uh, current episode of Lower Decks. A few badges more, and Jimmy, can you give us a recap? Oh, man, this one is complex. Okay, <laughs> here we go. This week, we learn who scavenged, ba- who scavenged Badgie out of a debris field many episodes ago. It was a group of Drukmani scavengers, and Badgie quickly took over their ship and enslaved the crew. Meanwhile, back in the present, the mystery ship apparently destroys a Binar ship. By a strange coincidence, back at the Daystrom Institute on Earth evil computer Ajimus claims to have knowledge of the attack on the Binars, but he'll only talk to Boimler, so Boimler is sent to find out what he knows. Also, evil exocomp Peanut Hamper is up for parole, and Tendi is sent to her parole hearing to listen to her speech about how she's reformed. She and Ajimus, though, have been secretly pretending to be good and scheming how to escape from Daystrom and subjugate a planet. Ajimus tricks Boimler and Tindy into taking him to where he can get information from one of his drones about the Binar attack, but it's really a ruse to get out of Daystrom. He then kidnaps them and makes them take him to his rendezvous point to team up with Peanut Hamper, only she isn't there. He then makes them take him to the planet which they were going to subjugate, which he quickly does. Eventually, they track Peanut Hamper to a space station where she's happily working with other exocomps, because as she was writing her parole hearing speech, she really did reform, and she only schemed with Adjimus because she wanted to hang out with him. This causes Adjimus to also begin reforming, and he willingly goes back to Daystrom to complete his his reformation so that he can move in with his best friend, 
peanut hamper. He also reveals that the mystery ship hasn't been destroying the other vessels, but stealing them. And also, finally, meanwhile, when the Cerritos gets to, goes to investigate the Binar ship's apparent destruction, it turns out that Badgie and his enslaved Drukmani are there. Badgie then proceeds to try to kill his father, Rutherford, and everyone else on the Cerritos. Rutherford and Mariner spacewalk over to the Drukmani ship and confront Badgie. Rutherford hugs his son, which causes a crisis of conscience for Badgie, and to purge the emerging good from his code, Badgie splits off a good version of himself, Goodgie. He then <laughs> goes back to try to kill everyone on the Cerritos, but Rutherford asks him what logic says killing everyone would get him. Badgie realizes that logically killing everyone would get him nothing, and this causes another crisis of conscience. To purge the emerging logic from his system, Badgie splits off a purely logical version of himself, Logic-y. Badgie then decides to beam himself through subspace into all Federation computer systems that really ought to have firewalls mm. so that he can kill everyone in the Federation. In a bid to stop him, Logiki tries to remerge himself into Badgie, but Badgie expels him and kills him. He then broadcasts himself through subspace into all Federation computer systems, but this has an unexpected effect. With that much knowledge at his disposal, he realizes that killing everyone is pointless, and he ascends to a higher plane of being. This leaves Guji with Rutherford and the Cerritos crew, but except for Rutherford, everyone seems really uncomfortable with Guji, even though he's only acting good. The end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a complex one. Uh, and, and to highlight the complexity, well... I'll talk about that when I talk about my first impressions. Um, Father Corey, what is your overall impression of this one? I really enjoy, I enjoyed this one. You know, it was a kind of a complex in, you know, of course, you know, Jeffrey Combs is Agimus. You know, he, he plays the him. maniacal computer so well. Yeah. Um, getting to see the Daystrom Institute. I got to show my mug again, you know, because I do have <laughs> the mug from there. Um, yeah, it was it was, you know, and, and the. The story redemption, the fact that there was actually, a, you know, a story redemption of Peanut Hamber and Ajimus was was great. Uh, Badgie become like, Badgie in a way. Yeah. yeah. And, and Badgie, well, Badgie becoming like ultra maniacal leading to his redemption, but also creating Goody, Goody, which we'll I'm sure we'll see more of going forward in the season. Um, getting a little more of the story of of the uh, the mystery ship, you know, that it wasn't Badgie and Peanut Humber, Peanut Humber and Ajimus running it but they know they got more information about it through them so it's it's spreading that story on it was it was a it was an interesting fun very complex story for 20 some minutes of yeah. story yeah jimmy how about you your overall impression i enjoyed it i basically enjoy every episode of lower decks with the exception of a few scenes but i enjoyed mm -hmm. this one i liked the redemption for all three of our evil robots I like that we got to see them all together, and I and I liked that um, it turns out they're not the ones running the mystery ship. Um, so they pulled the trigger on that earlier in the season than I thought, and so that gives us more of a mystery. Although I, I actually think I know who is running the mystery ship. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's going to at least the Ferengi are going to be involved. Um, that's supported by two pieces of evidence. The first one is one of the Ferengi that lower deckers that we saw expected the ship, the mystery ship to arrive. And, and also these ships are being stolen rather than destroyed. So that suggests Ferengi involvement. 
Mm, right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I it think may I, not be just the Ferengi, but yeah. I think they're involved. I think I theorized that it was the ships weren't being destroyed, but were being transported away. So mm-hmm. I right. wondered about that, too. Yeah. I have to admit, I was a little confused at first because I thought, oh, it is Badgy destroying these ships. Like he's behind it all. Right. Because mm-hmm. and it wasn't until most not of the way in, through this not, episode. Not, not in episode seven. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't until most of the way through this episode that I realized that was that, that I had the wrong impression. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, th- that won't be they, revealed till last. They, they saw it happen, but they didn't they weren't responsible for it. Right. Right. Yeah. Also, one thing I really liked up front is the is when the mystery ship shows up and apparently destroys the binar ship. We haven't seen the binars since. Early next gen. I mean, there was one season one in one episode Mm -hmm. and they have this, even though they can speak English, they have this native language that's kind of a twittering, fluttering language. Mm -hmm. And we only hear them speaking that we don't get a universal translator. Right. But because we've seen this scene so many times. We know exactly what's happening. We start yeah. with binar lower deckers, <laughs> and they're talking in their fluttering language about advancing in rank and stuff like that. And then they go up to the bridge, and then the mystery ship shows up and apparently wipes them out. So wow. I like how they've we've seen this exact sequence of this scenario so many times. Yeah. We don't even need to hear the binars in translation <laughs> <laughs> or see subtitles. I was worried for a bit. Yeah. I'm like something yeah. wrong with the subtitles on my uh, on my. Uh, Apple TV, like no, no, nope. it's just they didn't put any in. Well, well, it's interesting too. Is the binars? You know, it was revealed in that episode that they always work in pairs. Mm-hmm. Yet there's three of them. They didn't even pull in a fourth one to get the two pairs, <laughs> right, right, or uh, something like that. I do like the they put some thought into the design of the binar ship because it is two. You know, it's got two hulls. You know, it's a equal hulls. So like it's it's binary. So uh, I did think that was pretty pretty clever. Um. We also probably should mention where the title of this episode comes from. It's from the Man With No Name trilogy, which is a spaghetti western trilogy by Sergio Leone starring Clint Eastwood. Mm -hmm. The first one was A Fistful of Dollars, and the second was For a Few Dollars More, and the third was The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Mm -hmm. And so since we have multiple badgies, it's called A Few Badgies More. I am disappointed there was not a western... I was disappointed there was not a Western theme hmm. to this, though. Wasn't the original Badgie episode a fistful of Badgies? I thought that was it. Yeah, mm, I, I thought so. So, hmm. oh, no, could be. No. Uh, it could be just a false memory. Um, well, then, if it was, then we could have a third episode in a season or two called "The Good, the Badgie, and the Ugly." I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> oh, the good, the bad, the, uh, the good, the bad, and the badgie. Uh, but yeah, that would be fun. I, I, I kind of hope they were. <laughs> oh, you know what? There was, um, there was a next gen episode called "A Fistful of Datas." So right. that's yes. probably what they're yes. doing. Yeah, a few badgies more, fistful of datas. Yeah, oh. I don't know if y'all have ever seen the Man with No Name trilogy. The three movies oh, yeah. are. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm speaking rhetorically um, <laughs> to the audience, um, of course. But the uh, the Clint Eastwood, his character goes through kind of different cycles, and by the end, he's like kind of a good guy in the good, the bad, and the mm-hmm. ugly. His his he it's called the Man with No Name trilogy because he does his character has no name, um, but. 
it, the three stories are not all set in the same continuity. So like the good, the bad and the ugly is kind of we've got Clint Eastwood here as the man with no name, but it's, he's like a parallel universe one. This isn't in continuity <laughs> with the previous stories. Um, but in the first one, A Fistful of Dollars, um, he he's a he, even though he's our protagonist, he's our, he's a bad guy. He he comes into this town that's like split in a rivalry between two families. And his thought is there's money to be made here. And <laughs> that's the fistful of dollars. He starts right. a feud between these two families so he can make money. That's, that's right. Funny. That's right. Yeah. Now the important question is, did he, does he ride into town on a horse with no name? <laughs> well, he's definitely been through the desert on a horse with no name. I yeah. can say that much. <laughs> but did he ride in? Was it a pale horse? Did he ride in on? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so we're um, getting into way too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Peanut Hamper uh, returns. We've seen Peanut Hamper a few times. Uh, and the last I like, time. I, yeah. I like that her dad's name is Kevin. She's self-named. She came up with the most logical, you know, name for her peanut hamper. Uh, yeah. So she's being paroled from the Daystrom Institute, which apparently has become a prison for AI things, you know, which mm -hmm. comes right out of Picard. Right. I mean, that was the idea that they developed in the Picard series. Um, yep. with with the the what's her name the character the character who was a secret android and um, Tendi has been called as her character witness. And, and, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tendi was reluctant to be the character witness, right? Well, I didn't think she was there as a character witness. I thought she was there because she Captain Freeman said she was sending her because she was her liaison. So right. she was Peanut Hamper's liaison to Starfleet when she was on the ship. Oh, okay, okay. And then uh, Adjimus is there as well, and he claims to, like you said, have knowledge of who's behind the binary attack and will only talk to Boimler, who he calls uh, Meat Sack, right? Does somebody call him? Mm -hmm. it's meat, meat Tube, sack. I think. Meat Tube, right, right, right. That's yeah. even better. Um, meat Sack is what my weather app on my phone calls me. Um mm. Yeah, but uh, I want to watch that app. Yeah, no, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's a homicidal AI uh, weather yeah. app called Carrot. I, I like when we get to see the the Daystrom Institute, you know, in our orienting shots before mm -hmm. Boimler and Tindy get there. There's also another computer um, named uh, Lord Tyrannicillicus. Mm -hmm. who we haven't seen before. Yeah. And we see them. We see the 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 all the the maniacal AIs like having group therapy sessions yes. and right. gardening and in an exercise yard. And in the group therapy session, Lord Tyrannicillicus has just had a breakthrough. And it's like, <laughs> I must dominate my own emotions and subjugate them. <laughs> yeah, his line is, I have conquered self-doubt and seized personal growth. Yeah. <laughs> and then they like laughs maniacally about yeah. his, his yeah. self-conquest. <laughs> and, and and then we cut to Peanut Hamper and Adjimus gardening, and they've got these yep. little Adjimus drones that spray water and stuff on these tomatoes, and they've mm -hmm. got the perfect balance of, of, uh, of, of, of hydration and sunlight to make the tomatoes grow really well. But they're talking about them as if this is like world conquest, and they're <laughs> laughing maniacally about these tomatoes they're growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's fun that they, they always point out that the evil, evil computers always have red lights. Yeah. Yes. And so Adjimus is showing that he's reformed by changing his light to blue. 
Yeah. Well, even and, even Hal Nine Thousand had a red light. Well, yep. I mean, I feel like that might even have been a reference because you know, good robots have blue lights. The modern remake of Lost in Space that was on Netflix, Mm -hmm. that was actually how Robot, you could tell when he was in his good mode versus his bad mode, was blue versus red. I mean, Star (laughs) Star Wars did the same thing with lightsabers. It's kind Mm -hmm. of a funny cliche or trope that, you know, the red versus blue um, that that we did there. Um, So meanwhile, the uh, Cerritos has encountered the Drukmani ship that has been basically the Drukmani have been assimilated by Badgy in a way. Yes. Like they've got technology that's taken them over in but a Borg like way. But it's not fully controlling them because the captain of the Drukmani ship tries to warn Captain Freeman. Right. right. And and then he gets stunned and Badgy is like, oh, someone disobeyed a direct order. <laughs> yeah. I love that Jack, uh, what's his name, is the voice of Badgy again. Because like, he's, he, if you've ever seen the show, um, the Tina Fey show, um, th- um, not Third Rock. 30, 30 Rock. Rock. 30 Rock. Right, right, right. Because you, you mentioned Third Rock in our taping of, of Doctor Who. <laughs> 30 Rock. He plays the character in that as this sort of country bumpkin nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of got that country bumpkin, you know, southern uh, accent, nice guy, you know, voice. And it's so incongruous with Badgie. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is, you know, just an it's evil. Jack, McBr- I, I Jack was, McBrayer is his name. Right. I was impressed at like when when Badgie aboard the Germani ship is first attacking the Cerritos. He's like firing weapons at its at its forward hull. And every time he does that, it's like boop on the nose, boop on the nose. And <laughs> like like with a dog. And yep. and and Shax says, He's bypassing our shields. We can't take many more boops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was good. That was good. And so Rutherford wants to he knows that he's the aim, that he's the one that uh, that Badgie wants. He wants to give himself up. Captain Freeman won't let him. So he takes matters in his own hands and jumps out an airlock in a spacesuit. And Mariner follows behind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, to and, and, and she's when they get to the other ship, she's like, all right, so now what's your plan? He's like, I didn't have a plan. I thought he was going to kill me. She's like, oh, I, I would have maybe done things a little differently if I'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh but what he but that's, if, that's consistent with what Rutherford thought. He wants me. I'll let him kill me and he'll let the Cerritos go. Exactly. Exactly. And Mariner just assumed he had a plan uh, beyond that. <laughs> uh, and then he ends up, you mentioned he ends up giving Badgie a hug and, you know, in, and in a normal, you know, straight up story, the hug, he gets, he, he it, it breaks through his anger issues and we all are happy and go our way. But of course, this is lower decks. We're subverting expectations, and this is when we get the the personality split of Gucci, which is a terrible name, <laughs> splitting off from Badgie. He's also self named. We have a problem with self naming artificial intelligences on this show. Yep. Yes, we do. Um, I have to say, it's funny. I, I, I type I type my notes in the on the computer as I as I'm watching, and spell correct. Adjimus becomes animus. <laughs> <laughs> Badgie becomes badger. Like it just, yep. it becomes it becomes uh, pretty pretty difficult to keep track. Um, logicy just stays logicy, and uh, so because uh, it's a plausible um, adjective, right? Yep. 
And then we get this like split off of logic-y, which is sort of, he, he almost becomes very uh, Vulcan in that sense. It's like mm-hmm. sort of a, a talks like a Vulcan in the uh, excessively uh, didactic manner and that sort of thing. Very stoic. Yeah. Right. Yep. Right. Like at one, at one point, Badgie has, has decided that Cerritos is not enough for him to kill. And it's like, I should destroy everyone in the Federation. That is illogical. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, it's like Talin uh, would be, it would be perfect yep. in that yeah. situation. Um, and then you mentioned how Badgie eventually, you know, figures out that he wants to upload himself into subspace, into every computer and kill everyone and gets, he, but he when, when he gets unlimited power and infinite knowledge and see, sees the past, present, and future. Really wouldn't be unlimited, but right. yeah, yeah, they say that. Um, and now he doesn't want to destroy any, everything anymore, and everything is beautiful. And he gets the multiple arms of like the uh, of uh, Krishna uh, of mm-hmm. Hinduism and leaves this this uh, existence, ascends uh, to go check out the Black Mountain and hang out with the koala, which making its second appearance this season. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the koala was like a throwaway in that previous story and just was so good that mm-hmm. we had to, like yeah. they, they want they have to keep bringing it back and now it's even on strange new worlds by yeah. the way the the multi-armed god is shiva rather than krishna that's right that's right thank you um so and meanwhile and, you know, I, I wonder yeah. i wonder too that this whole idea of ascension is something that i i I know star trek had talked about it before but i almost feel like it's more as much a poke at stargate and the yeah. whole idea of ascension there than it is even Star Trek because that that's that's you know that that's a, a whole plot line in SG one where Daniel Jackson ascends and all this and you know and it's it's the same kind of idea of you know gains this knowledge and this self awareness and ascends and I guess although the it goes back to the Organians and TOS uh, too yeah and, well multiple ones that and we have multiple races in Star Trek that have like oh they ascended into it being energy beings. Right. And and then they finally said, what if we showed that and we got a next generation episode where that happens? Right. And then we got another one where someone ascends to be a Q and, you know, who who had been um, the child of Qs that were pretending right. to be human. And so it kind of became a trope on Star Trek itself. And then it obviously did get picked up by Stargate SG-1. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The Orville recently, in their most recent season, had an Ascension storyline, too, which mm-hmm. was kind of, it took it to the next level and was a bit of a poke at the tropes and cliches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that yeah, interesting idea. Yeah, it's funny how on Stargate, contract negotiation breakdown leads to Ascension. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then resolution of that contract breakdown leads to De-Ascension. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're actually going to talk about the De-Ascension episode here very shortly on <laughs> Secrets of Stargate. Say Dr. Right. Lazarus. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. And then, you know, meanwhile, I, I almost like the, um, the Agimus peanut hamper storyline better in this, mm-hmm. in this story. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I just thought it was more fun. Um, so the escape happens and Agimus t- has taken Boimler and uh, Tendi as uh, as hostages, and the the original meeting point is what a beach in Ecuador, I guess it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Tandy apparently has never seen sand. Oh, I love that. She's just <laughs> on on Orion. All we have are are like sharp little rocks. This stuff is awesome. I'm gonna take some samples for later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she takes a. She's building a little sand castle, a little sand uh, city. 
That's right. Uh, so yeah, I like that. And and it, trying to deal with the fact of that Peanut Hamper has apparently betrayed Ajima. So wh- who'd have thunk that the you know a homicidal maniacal AI would betray uh, another one? Um, yeah. But again, subverting ex- expectations because it turns out she was no longer a homicidal and mani- a monomaniacal AI. I forget what the exact term is, but something along those lines. Um, but I did like the fact that they went to this other planet and subjugated it in record time. Like, yeah. <laughs> like in, in hours, the, the entire planet was worshiping mm-hmm. him. And yeah. it just wasn't satisfying to Adjimus, uh doing it alone. It just wasn't the same, which, <laughs> which again <laughs> was funny. And Boimler and Tendi were fairly unconcerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think Boimler has a line where he says, uh, yeah, Starfleet will, uh, you know, fix this in a couple hours. <laughs> we'll, we'll unravel this in a couple hours. It's not a big deal. Well, it was it was too easy for Edgemus, so it must have been not a big deal. <laughs> and, of course, the proper term is a self-aware magnamaniacal, I can't even say it, magnamaniacal <laughs> computer. That's right. Um, and then when they eventually, they, they catch up with her on the, the space station and um, Edgemus meets her dad. And they're very clear that, you know, it's it's not a romantic interest that they're just friends and they'd like to be friends and be together, which is good because of whole the whole peanut hamper romantic thing that they did in the last time she was on was kind of weird uh, and annoying. But uh, so it's it's good that uh, it's just Adjimus in her are friends, and so he it, willingly goes back to Daystrom in order to be reformed so he can be paroled, which is nice. And even Lord Tyrannicillicus is interested in possibly. Getting some reform tips from him. <laughs> That's right. They're they're uh, put next to each other in the uh, in the storage. And and by the way, that that uh, station that we find Peanut Hamper, we see in the the episode Quality of Life from TNG, and this is where those uh, those robots came from. Oh right, okay. That's the Peanut what... Hamper robots come from. Right. Yeah. What was it? Yeah. Yeah. This was 7A. Yeah. That, this yep. is where the, um, I'm trying to remember what they, what they're actually called. Um, oh, Exocomp? Exocomp. Exocomp yep. Right. Yeah. This was the whole idea where the whole idea of the Exocomp came from. Um, which it's funny that in, in Discovery and then in, in, in Strange New Worlds, they, they also have robot drones for ship repairs and that sort of stuff, but they're very different. Um, so it's yeah. a completely different thing. Um, so and then, if, you know, so that we wrap things up there and we are left with this, the knowledge that the ships are not being destroyed, but being stolen, as you uh, mentioned. Any other notes on this episode, Father Corey? No, we'll just see. I'm sure we'll see Gucci again. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Jimmy? Nope. Very good. So we do have a listener feedback, as I mentioned. And our first feedback comes from Wesley, who sent in an email and he says, uh, I've been listening to your podcast for several months and I really enjoy it. You all do a good, great job of being both informative as well as entertaining. TOS is my favorite series, but I also really enjoy TNG and DS9. I hope you all do a show on the DS9 episode crossover. I also hope you quit doing so many Lower Deck episodes as I think Lower Decks is trash and not worthy of the Star Trek name due to its inappropriate content. Thanks for the podcast. Well, De gustibus non est disputandum, you know, different yep. strokes for different folks. And um, we won't be doing too many more uh, Lower Decks because we only do it when it's in mm-hmm. active release. So this was the seventh episode, and that means there will be three more, and then we'll be back to talking about yep. other Star Treks. Um, and we will eventually get to doing the crossover episode of Deep Space Nine, which is the first one that has the Mirror Universe mm-hmm. with... 
not a visitor as the super seductive flirty intendant. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we will be getting to that as well as all the standard episodes of uh, all the different shows. Mm. Yep. Except Discovery. <laughs> Except Discovery. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I think I get the point about lower decks and, and, and there are some things that are clearly have been inappropriate, but you know, you, you, you watch what you can. And the, the nice thing is there's so much Star Trek that you just, you watch what you enjoy. And just like mm-hmm. some of us don't watch discovery because we don't enjoy it. Don't watch yep. lower decks. And thankfully you have, let's see, this is 200 and probably about 60 other episodes of secrets of Star Trek that you can watch <laughs> that don't have lower decks. If that's not your thing. So yeah. And, and in a couple of weeks, we'll be back to, past episodes again and yes. we'll and we, we we look we look forward to that too we, we like talking yeah. about the old episodes as well so oh yeah yeah I, I, I love talking about those our next feedback comes from jason who sent in this email uh right after he apparently watched a few badgies more so this is current he says uh well it looks like jimmy called it he was right when he said that we'd see badgie peanut hamper and adjimus again and again with a koala good prediction jimmy p.s could you help out a 49er with some lottery number predictions Love the podcast. <laughs> I can't, but I know people who can. There are actual remote viewers who specialize in, it's called associative remote viewing, where you are, I won't explain how it works, but you're essentially using remote viewing precognitively to predict things like the stock market or lottery numbers or mm-hmm. other things. So I know people who do that, but uh, I don't do it myself. Could have <laughs> used that with that billion dollar lottery the other day. But uh, anyway, <laughs> thank you, Jason. <laughs> And that's our feedback. We'd uh, also like to now take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Trek, including Leslie H., John and Greta C., John S., Michael F., and Justin D. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Trek and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. So what did you think of A Few Badgies More? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash trek, our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Media, send an email to trek at sqpn.com, or visit our Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You can watch The Secrets of Star Trek on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Media and leave a comment there. We'll be back next time. We're going to be discussing the next new episode of Lower Decks called Caves. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Trek. Thank you, Dom. Jimmy Eakin, thank you as well. Thank you, and I hope you all live long and prosper. (laughs) 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 And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Trek on Star Quest. And remember, grapplers aren't stupid. Grapplers are sick. <laughs>